here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. I don't know, Marcus. I'm not a big moral victory guy, but I kind of feel good about the Raiders. I feel better about them, even in defeat, 35-31 to the Chiefs. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's funny because that's exactly what I was going to say. I don't believe in moral victories at all. I think they're kind of stupid. But I think what that game shows us is that if the Raiders get to, you know, they make the playoffs, I think they're going to be a tough out for anybody. You know, their ability to run the ball, their car's playing the best football of his career. Their defense isn't good but they can get enough stops to, you know, give their offense a chance. I think the Raiders are good. And we've been saying that for a couple of weeks now on the, on the podcast, but I do, I think the Raiders are legit good. I don't know. I feel like the Raiders in those two games in eight quarters, I feel like the Raiders have been more impressive than the Chiefs. So it, now that they've dropped down to that seven spot and, and we talked about it, it's so crammed mm-hmm. that one loss, even if it's to the Chiefs and you play a good football game, you're still now going to drop down in the playoff picture and you're going to be a little bit on the, you know, you'll be on the edge a little bit. Raiders are still in, they're in the seven spot, but man, it would be a travesty at this point, Marcus, if they don't get in. It would be. Now, they were at a very similar spot last year. They were at 6-4. and four. Uh, They had a game coming up against the Jets. All they needed to do was win uh, a few more games to get in the playoffs, and they ultimately fell on their face. Uh, we're hoping that's not the case this year. The schedule, again, is very easy. They play Atlanta this week. They have a game with the Jets. Uh, another game with the Broncos coming up. So, I would think if they can win four of their next six, they'll be able to make the playoffs. Uh, but we'll see. The NFL's crazy, and the December football gets gets weird. 100%. And uh, I just love the way that game started. It was so fun. It was cool to have the Raiders in a game like that and for them to play the way they did and for it just to feel like a really big game, right? I mean, they're trading touchdowns with Pat Mahomes early, and then the Raiders have that drive where they end up scoring on their third straight possession, but they end up settling for a field goal. And I guess if we're nitpicking, I didn't love that sequence. So the Raiders have a third and goal from the one, Marcus, and they try a shotgun fade pass in the corner and I'm just like oh you know what I mean like what are we doing and then the penalty and they kick the field goal and it's like oh man that was a brutal sequence it's like third and goal from the one just like I'm handing it off to Jacobs twice in a row just like try to stop us yeah, you, you can't kick field goals against the Chiefs. I know it's tempting just to take the points and, and move on, but you know that whenever the Chiefs get the ball, it's more likely than not they're going to score a touchdown. So you can't settle for field goals. You have to be aggressive. You have to play like it's four-down football when you get into the red zone. Unfortunately, that was a it was a pretty big series that kind of cost them uh, the game. I, I've got a quick question for you, Ryan. Yeah. In the AFC, obviously the Chiefs and the Steelers are the top two teams. Are the Raiders the third team you're the most confident with right now? Because everybody else is so up and down and it's so week to week. And I know the Raiders can be that way as well. But of all the other teams in the AFC, do you feel the most confident about them and what you're going to get every week? Close. I think I definitely have the Raiders over the Colts because I think the Colts need a special teams or a defensive score to win. They just need a play from their special teams and defense every week, it seems. And I don't yeah. feel like you're always going to be able to count on that. So when it comes down to Phillip Rivers and that offense having to win a game, I think the Colts will ultimately falter. I think it's really close, though, between Raiders and Bills. I do like Josh Allen a lot. I know they've got their own flaws. I got a little man crush on Josh Allen. I got to I got to admit that. I think he's really, really freaking good. Well, uh, they're, so. they're, they're kind of similar teams, right? Both, they are. They both, are. both are high-scoring offenses, and their defense are really struggling right now. But they can win in so many different ways on offense that they're hard to stop. Yeah, so I feel like it's, it's almost a tie 
tie between the Raiders and the Bills, but that's a cop-out. I can't do that. I'm going to say, okay, my final answer is I'm still going to pick the Bills right now over the Raiders, but it's really okay. freaking close. What do you think? I think we're going to learn a lot about this Raiders team in the next two weeks. You know, these are games they're supposed to win against the Falcons and Jets. If they can take care of business in games where they're going to be favored by at least a field goal in each of them, I'll feel much better about their floor. An interesting thing is playing out offensively with Derek Carr in the passing game. We've been talking about Derek Carr. He's been slinging it all over the place, spreading the love. He's been targeting the heck out of Nelson Aguilar, even though Aguilar did have a couple of drops, which I'm sure we can get to. I think that's what plagued him in his Philly career, and he had a couple of memorable drops in this one. But he's targeting Aguilar. He's targeting uh, Darren Waller. One guy we're not seeing a lot of, though, is Henry Ruggs, right? You guys wrote about this on the Raiders Wire. What's going on with Ruggs, right? Only one target, not a big part of the game plan. I'm starting to wonder, like, if we should blame Ruggs. Maybe he's not taking care of business in practice or something or or behind the scenes or have the coaches kind of phased him out you know what I mean like what do you think's going on there yeah it's a couple different things first of all John Gruden typically doesn't like to play rookies and especially not rookie receivers so that's not all that surprising that he's Hmm. fallen in the pecking order a little bit the other thing is the guys ahead of him are just playing really well anytime they have a big play or they need a big play they go to Darren Waller when they're taking a shot down the field it's going to Nelson Aguilar on third downs you know the ball is going to Hunter Renfro it's just not a super high volume passing attack they're not going to throw the ball 40 times every week Ruggs is going to get his occasional carry an occasional deep target just the way the offense is is structured right now and it's listen it's hard to blame John Gruden because this is one of the best offenses in the league you know they're averaging 30 points per game things are going really well I think in time probably more in the 2021 season we'll see Ruggs workload go up Uh, I think fans are just going to have to be patient right now so anytime during a Raiders game right now or Cowboys game but Definitely during Raiders. I'm following Marcus on Twitter, and uh, I definitely was on Twitter. I had your exact account on my screen when Jason Witten got the touchdown. Oh, my gosh. That was ridiculous. We could talk about that a little bit, but I do know, Marcus, from following your Twitter all the way through that game that there's a player on the Raiders that you got serious beef with. I'm going to ask you about him coming up next. (laughs) Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Corey Bonini with thehuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays entering week 12. New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones returns from his bye week to face a team that is emotionally deflated after losing quarterback Joe Burrow. The Bengals have given up three 30-plus point games in the last five weeks and one that was nearly 22 points. This matchup's 32.3% better than the league average over the last five weeks, and it offers Jones a chance to redeem himself after what has been pretty much a horrid second year. Gamers will have to act fast on this one because it's a Thanksgiving Day game. Baltimore Ravens running back Gus Edwards is in line to see the bulk of the touches after J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram were placed on the COVID-19 list. The upside for Edwards is he faces a team that allowed 16 carries, 87 yards, and a touchdown to him in Week 8. The downside is Pittsburgh's been pretty good against running backs all year long. Anytime you have a guy who has an opportunity for the lion's share of work, it's worth getting him into the lineup. Indianapolis Colts rookie wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. versus the Tennessee Titans. These teams met in Week 10, and Pittman posted 7 catches, 101 yards, but he didn't find 
find the end zone. He did make it into the end zone last week, however, for his first pro touchdown. Pittman has averaged six targets in the last three games, and he's produced wide receiver three or flex territory numbers. He's only getting more comfortable in the offense, and now he has one of the finest matchups of the year facing him in week 12. Minnesota Vikings tight end Irv Smith Jr. faces the Carolina Panthers. Prior to suffering a groin injury a couple weeks ago, he was on the right track and was heating up. Now he gets a chance to rebound, facing one of the worst defenses of his position. Caroline has given up seven different performances of at least 10 PPR points in the last six games against tight ends, and all five of the touchdowns allowed this year have come in the last eight contests. Smith is risky, but there's plenty of upside to be found here. For all of your fantasy football tips, information, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Marcus, you have not been shy about calling out Jonathan Abram, mm. and you feel that the Raiders have a Jonathan Abram problem at this point, right? So go ahead. I want to give you the floor. Tell us what's bothering you the most about Abram. Yeah, so when the Raiders drafted Jonathan Abram in the first round last year, you know, they basically anointed him the leader of the defense. They gave him a captain role last year. Uh, they instantly gave him a starting spot. He got injured, came back this season, and John Gruden is calling him one of the best safeties they've ever had. Uh, he loves he loves the chippiness and trash talking. He loves all that. The problem is they're just not getting a lot of production out of him. According to Pro Football Focus, he's the second worst graded safety this season. He's the second worst graded safety in terms of coverage. He has the second most penalties for a safety this year. In, in this game, he had a huge personal foul penalty that led to a touchdown. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, uh, on a third down when the Chiefs are trying to score the game-winning touchdown, he completely leaves his assignment to go chase Patrick Mahomes and leaves a wide-open Travis Kelly in the back of the end zone. I know they want Jonathan Abram to be a star. They want him to, to continue to be the enforcer in their defense. But we have to have a real conversation about, is it time to sit him down or limit his snaps because he's hurting them more than he's helping? Yeah, and you think that if he wasn't a first-round pick by the current you know Raiders regime, like you know Gruden and, and Mayock, that, yeah, he, that he wouldn't yeah. be out there? You don't think so? Without a doubt. It's just one of these things where when a front office, uh, you know, they traded Amari Cooper away to, to draft John Jonathan Abram. They want him to succeed. They want to make it look like, you know, that we made the right choice. Uh, if he was just a no-name guy that we never heard of before, there's no way that he'd be on the field right now. There's no chance. On the topic of the defense, Mahomes just wasn't running for his life as much as he was in that first meeting. How, how much do you think they missed Farrell? A, a lot. In the last game, he had nine pressures. He was able to contain the run. He was able to keep Mahomes in the pocket. This is a team that only has two good defensive ends in Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell. You take him out, you're putting some pretty subpar pass rushers on the field. The other thing when you play the Chiefs is because that offense is so high tempo and they're throwing the ball so often, you got to rotate these guys in. And when you're taking Max Crosby off the field and you don't have Cleveland Farrell, they just have no depth. So they really missed him. He should be back this week against Atlanta, and they're going to really need him because he's been arguably their best defender this season. Now it's Turkey Day, Marcus. It's Turkey Day. Our, our podcast is actually <laughs> dropping on Thanksgiving. And I know people are, they got opinions in 2020. And people are upset, right? They don't want to watch the Lions anymore. They don't want to watch the mm. NFC East on Thanksgiving. They want they want a better slate of football. I'm seeing articles popping up now where people are like, the NFL should tinker. They should flex different games into Thanksgiving. Screw with this tradition. How do you feel about that? I just got Katie Drummond's take from the Cowboys wire. He felt a certain kind of way towards those people. How do you feel, First, Marcus, about people yeah. trying to crap all over the Lions-Cowboys thing on Thanksgiving? Go ahead. Yeah, well, as a, as a Cowboy fan, I'm good with 
with the Thanksgiving game, having the Cowboys always on because they draw ratings and it's just a tradition now. But here's the thing. We don't want super great games on Thanksgiving anyways, because we're all, we're all eating food. We're all tired. We're all, we're all with our families. We just want something in the background that can kind of, it can kind of give, you know, keep our intention. We, we don't want these big, meaningful games to be played on Thursday. Save them for Sunday when we have more time, you know, away from our families and we can just plop ourselves down on the couch and consume 10 hours of football. It's a work day for you, right? You're going to be on Twitter doing your thing. Well, of course. It's just, I mean, it's, every day is a work day during the football yeah. season. So uh, it is 100%. what it is. Yeah, yeah. So is that what Thanksgiving's like for Marcus? You're, you got turkey in one hand and your, your phone in your other and you're tweeting away during the game, giving your takes? Yeah, and, you know, you got to try to get away from the family a little bit to, to really focus on the games. and Because uh, otherwise you're, you're having meaning, meaningless conversations <laughs> when it's a key third down in the game and people are walking in front of the TV. So uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving football is the best. Oh, it is. <laughs> It's, it's special, man. And hey, going back to as long as I can remember, it was it was the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So I, I'm with you. The, the NFL already tinkered with the Thanksgiving thing when they put the Thursday night game in. How else would we have gotten the Mark Sanchez butt fumble, right? And, and thank God they did that. So that's the tinker. I don't think we're going to see any further tinkering with Thanksgiving. Are, are, you a, are you a big fan of Thanksgiving food? I see people on Twitter now really trashing Thanksgiving food, and it's kind of making me upset. I am, actually, because I don't eat that very often. I don't eat stuffing and right. cranberry sauce and all that very often. So it's, yeah, it's Thanksgiving's when I eat that thing. So yeah, no, it's, I think if you're making yourself Thanksgiving meals like every other month, then yeah, you can maybe trash on it. But I, I eat that crap like once a year. So yeah, when I get the stuffing, I'm like, what else am I eating stuffing, Marcus? Like never. Right. You know what I, mean? like, I, I, I think, I think people are just making turkey wrong, right? It's too dry. And you, you get, I mean, if you can make it right and you get the right side dishes, it's good. I love it. Yeah, you got to drop it in the deep fryer. That's what you got to do. If you're, if your exactly. turkey's not tasting go. well, put it in the deep fryer and don't bring your house down. Um, okay. So Marcus said earlier in this segment, or I think the first segment that we're going to learn a lot about the Raiders over the next couple of weeks. I think he's probably referring to this next opponent. Let's talk about mm. that coming up. Next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, happy Thanksgiving from Sportsbook Wire and Betflip and Podcast. I'm Eston McLaren, joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 12 Monday Night Football game between the Seattle Seahawks and Philadelphia Eagles. The Seahawks come in on the road, minus 250 Moneyline favorites. They're laying five points at minus 110 odds. The Eagles, plus 205 on the Moneyline, plus five-point dogs at home, minus 110 odds again, over under 51 and a half. Jeff, how are you feeling? Do the Eagles have any chance of keeping up with Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks? Nope. And you could talk the rest of the time. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm taking the Seahawks minus five. Uh, Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz are on the complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of performance. Um, Russell Wilson was flirting with an MVP run. Maybe not so much anymore. Carson Wentz leads the NFL in interceptions. It's all bad news over there in the city of brotherly love between Doug Peterson, um, the GM, Howie Roseman, and Carson Wentz. A lot of people are in trouble over there if they don't get this game in, or if they don't win this game, and I'll take the Seahawks minus five. Minus 110 odds for the Seahawks to win by at least six points. I'm going to parlay that with the over 51 and a half, minus 106 odds, so a little bit better value there. Seattle and the over 51 and a half odds from BetMGM. Subscribe to BetSilvan Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. 
I love this matchup for the Raiders, Marcus, because Atlanta on the road, this is a game where the Raiders are going to be favored on the road. It's a game that the Raiders should definitely win. It's a team the Raiders are better than. But it's also going to be an interesting little test, right? Because the Falcons can stress your defense. That's kind Mm -hmm. of where the Raiders might have a weakness a little bit. You know, typically the first team to 30 generally wins in football. I think that's an old betting adage. But if you're giving up 31, 35 points every game, you're going to have a hard time. You're just going to have a hard time winning. And the Falcons are a team, despite their flaws and despite them being a kind of a crappy football team, they do have the ability to get up in the 30s. And if they can get up in the 30s, it's going to give the Raiders a tough time. So what do you think about this? The Raiders are favored by three on the road at Atlanta in a game now they got to win if they want to stay in this race. This is really, this is a fun matchup for them. Yeah, anytime that you go up against a Pro Bowl level quarterback, and in this case, a former MVP quarterback, you get a little bit nervous because those guys can hit five or six big plays down the field that completely change the, you know, the, the whole potential outcome of the game, right? It would not surprise me at all. It's certainly in the realm of possibilities that Matt Ryan just gets really hot in the first quarter and the Raiders are down 14 to three before they even know it. That's the danger when you play a really good quarterback. I know this Falcons defense isn't great, uh, but they can win certain types of games and certain game scripts. So I think this is a good challenge for the Raiders. They got to, after coming off a, a tough loss, They've got to be able to bounce back. They've got to get this win. Uh, I I do think this is going to tell us a lot about this team. Are they mentally tough to go on the road, travel from, you know, West Coast, East Coast, play an early game and win? Uh, I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, I want to see I want to see Jonathan Abram respond to Marcus's Twitter. I want (laughs) to see the defense really step up. I want to see them get some guys back from the COVID list. You know what I mean? I want to see them get their lineup back and I just want to see them hold the Falcons into the 20s. If you keep Matt Ryan in that offense and I know Julio Jones kind of tapped out last week, so I don't know what his health is. So if you can keep this Falcons offense in the 20s, I like the Raiders. I think they're going to pull it out. But man, you get into a shootout, it's going to get squirrely. Right. And well, again, you mentioned Julio Jones, and that's really the big question here, because if he if he plays, I'm not sure the Raiders have anybody that can slow him down and keep him under 100 yards. If he's out, we've seen Matt Ryan really struggle this year. So uh, keep an eye on Julio's status all the way up until kickoff. You know, maybe to help the Raiders, I'll because we heard from the huddle.com earlier in the show here, like if uh, maybe I'll just pick Julio Jones in my daily fantasy thing, because every time I pick him, he taps out with an injury of some sort. So <laughs> so maybe to help the Falcon, oh, maybe to man. help the maybe to help the Raiders against the Falcons, I'll just pick Julio Jones in my little fantasy thing. And then he'll re-aggravate the hamstring, obviously, and limp out. And that'll be the thing. And, and the Raiders will have a better chance. Yeah, I mean, you and me both, man. Every time we pay, we pay up for uh, Julio, it never seems to work. So every work time. Out, so. Oh, gosh, no. I'm never again. Never Julio. I'm never doing it again, even though I love you. Never, 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 never. What do you think about the over-under here, Marcus? 55 and a half, that's a big number. Seems a little high, right? I, again, I think the Raiders are going to want to stay with the style of we're going to run the ball, uh, we're going to, to try to run down the clock, but as we saw last week against Kansas City, uh, they can do that at a really high you know, efficiency and sure. they can score 31 points. So I, I like the under here. I think it's going to be close. I expect both teams to score in the mid-20s, uh, but ultimately for that under to hit. I agree with you. I think I'm staying on the under. It's I'm probably t- I'm probably staying away, but it, yeah. my my advice here would be throw this in a teaser, right? Tease this sure. up seven more points and then take the under. Now tease it up to 61, 62. I would feel pretty confident about that. Yeah, you know what? I might not touch this either because last week I had a bad week. <laughs> I lost <laughs> a lot more. I, I don't know. I think it was a bad week for people betting trends and stuff like that. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like I, I saw for the guys that I followed, a lot of people didn't have a great week wagering last week. And I know I'm definitely one of them. My wife looked at me and she's like, maybe you should take next 
next week off. I'm like, yeah, you might be right, honey. Yeah, it was a rough week. I think uh, those those big casinos are very happy with how it went yes, last week. Yes, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, hey, Marcus, I appreciate you, man. We're on 13 straight weeks of this podcast. I've learned so much about the Raiders and the Cowboys talking to you. It's been a great time. I just want to say I wish you and your fam a great Thanksgiving. I know it's probably a little messed up this year with COVID, but I hope you have a great holiday, my man. Yep. Thanks, Ryan. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. 100%. And to all Raiders Nation out there listening to the podcast, happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.